Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. This episode in particular is brought to you by TeePublic. Go to tpublic.com slash store slash comic pop and find yourself an amazing t-shirt with a really, really great design on it. Some of those designs are made in-house by us here at Comic Pop, including our Comic Pop logo t-shirt, an Ultron t-shirt, and a Head Crabs from Half-Life t-shirt. They're really, really fun designs. You should check them out. They also don't have tags, the... Sizes are printed on the back of the shirt, so you don't have to worry about that uncomfortable tag stuff. They're really comfortable shirts. I would not shill for these guys if I didn't already have a mess of their shirts that I purchased myself. I like them a lot. Check them out. Go to tpublic.com slash door slash comic pop and find one for yourself. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange, I'm Sal, and as always, my co-host Joel is joining me from Cape Joel. Uh, We are talking today about The Simpsons, because uh, it's a big part of not only the culture and about Americana, and internationally it's a huge show, but because it's a big part of our lives and our upbringing, and and it informed a lot of of sensibilities. So, uh, before we get into, like, favorite episodes, and favorite sketches, and favorite clips and jokes and references... And about which seasons are good and which seasons are garbage. <laughs> uh, let's just talk about when we first found it and how. Like, what what were the circumstances by which we became? Because I, I think I can say this without uh, telling tales out of schools. Uh, Joel, you're a Simpsons fan. Oh, God, yeah. So I mean, when, absolutely. Yeah, so when did you become a Simpsons fan? And, and what were the circumstances surrounding that experience? That's, that's the funniest thing. Because, you know, as I sat here and thought about the Simpsons has always been a constant in my life. I'm a little younger than you, Sal, so I cannot remember a world where The Simpsons did not exist in one form or another, and I watched it because my parents watched it. Really? Your parents were Simpsons fans before you? Yep, for real. Totally. Interesting. I know it's, it seems unexpected, but it's true. So you just—it was on. They were watching it, and you're like, "I want to—I want to hang out with my folks. I'm gonna—I'm gonna catch this it is, here." Oh, oh yeah, it was a constant family show in my house for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. It was—it was decidedly anti-family in my house. My mom <laughs> liked the idea. Like she liked she she liked it in spite of herself. My dad was staunchly anti-Simpsons. He thought it was huh. because, as we all know, The Simpsons was kind of inspired to be kind of an anti-Cosby show, where it was, if Cosby, if the Cosby show, by the way, before Cosby was a serial rapist, or before we all all Mm -hmm. knew it, he used to have this show that was on for like nine seasons called The Cosby Show, Mm -hmm. which was uh, an upper middle class, mostly upper class, uh, African-American family with, uh, you know... Some, with with a wife of a husband and a, and, and a bunch of kids and it was just all about uh, how functional their family is and how uh, all you have to do yeah. is talk to each other and you you can solve any problem through conversation in 22 minutes and yeah, 22 minutes any conversation any, any conflict can be resolved through like understanding and conf- and and, and uh, conversation and cokes and jello pudding oh naturally and kodak film and and uh, and all these other <laughs> sponsorships that cosby was involved in back in the 80s but like yep. uh when they de- when they developed the simpsons and of course the simpsons was just a 
a variety show uh on the tracy ullman show people forget that it started as short vignettes yes on that. they were basically uh like we'll be right back bumpers between sketches mm. and uh they were really unfunny and boring and uh somehow the new this, the, this this fledgling studio fox was like we need to fill some time because we have a brand new network and we're trying to fill it with shows <laughs> even back then fox we'll gamble on anything yeah and we'll probably cancel it but even but, but back then they, they were more willing to give shows a shot and the simpsons was one of them um it's a, it's interesting too the simpsons was actually the ultimate fallback plan it was the ultimate plan b graining uh never thought that the simpsons would take off and be huge he was developing uh what is it his own independent comedy comic the funny bunnies and you actually see funny bunny in simpsons occasionally oh yeah no they uh they had been working on binky's life in hell for years and if you've ever if you've never read them they're kind of like far side meets oh yes uh like the onion um crap what's a good uh like saturday morning breakfast cereal it's like a very uh very uh, apathetic like nihilistic mm comic strip that featured rabbits that looked just like Marge Simpson. The, the kind of which they don't make anymore. Like, that style of comic and even that style of humor really doesn't exist anymore, does it? No, but because it's got Groening's name on it, you can pick it up anywhere, and it it's always available, and throughout The Simpsons history, you will see references to Binky's Life in Hell. Um, yep. In fact, if you've ever played it, the Simpsons arcade game, which oh, I, I lost have. thousands of dollars to back it's when I was a kid. It's damn near impossible. And cheating. when you buy it on Xbox Live's arcade, which I did years ago, uh, it was finally conquerable. Uh, but if you play it, I think it came out uh, after or around the first season. And so, as such, like Smithers is still kind of black with blue Dark hair. Dark of skin for whatever reason. And, Barney is all yellow yeah. with no hair. And, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Simpsons season one isms throughout the the, uh, oh, the yes. game. Despite the fact they used all the original voices and they came back to do it. That's a, there's a word for that. The trope is called early installment weirdness. Yes, and uh, Binky life and Binky's life in hell is more prevalent in that game than any other Simpsons episode I've ever seen in my life. That's amazing. In fact, such to the point where Graining had like a joke going that underneath Marge's hair were rabbit ears. And <laughs> in fact, if you ever like have Marge get electrocuted uh, or hurt, there's usually like a like a, a lightning bolt moment around her, and you mm -hmm. can see her skeleton. And if you look at the the, the, the skeleton portion, you'll see two ears. Uh, underneath awesome. her hair, and it's like kind of funny. I think also she can lose it if like it gets sucked from her vacuum cleaner. Uh, she'll, you'll see two yellow colored ears underneath her hair, which is like what? <laughs> I gotta go check that back now. Wow, that's that that was canon for him. That was canon for Greg. Marge is actually a rabbit from Binky's Life in Hell. That was canon. Another canon uh, season oneism that they threw away almost immediately was Bart has no respect for Homer Simpson, his father. He hates his dad, or he doesn't have any respect for him, but he loves and respects. Krusty the Clown, and yep. the and after season one, the plan was Homer Simpson was going to actually have been Krusty the Clown the whole time. Yeah, wow, which which they make fun of in another episode when Homer becomes a Krusty impersonator because their heads are shaped exactly the same. By the way, probably one of my favorite episodes. I'm just going to mention that once in a while, but we'll that is a there. great one. It's seriously one of my favorite fucking episodes of all time. But uh, so yeah, uh, when I first wa started watching The Simpsons, it was in secret, like Lane in the uh, in her house in uh, Stars Hollow on Gilmore girls i would secretly that was a really far reach for me to tuck in a gilmore i, I was gonna reference. be like wow i was not expecting a gilmore girls let me tell you something i've been going i've been going to stars hollow for every day for the last uh six months 
just revisiting uh, that upper middle class Connecticut town because I am a, I am a Gilmore Girls fan. Yeah, uh, I guess you're. Isn't that show coming back? Didn't they get a movie? They're, or they're doing four 90 minute movies uh, that will be coming November 25th or something like that, or right around the time that Doctor Strange comes out. The the only reason I know about that is because John Oliver was talking about that because obviously he's got the big HBO show yep. now and he's involved. They made a promo video in which Lorelai, the Lauren Graham character, is uh, musing about whether, I think Amy Schumer would be a fan of hers. And then <laughs> it, it, it's it's buttoned at the end by saying, do you think John Oliver would find me sexy? And John Oliver's like, yes! Yes, I do find you sexy! <laughs> I, I'm one to make fun of you for Gilmore Girls. If everyone said, hey, Joel, what about the first couple uh, seasons of Charmed? I'm like, yeah, I watched Charmed in the background. I don't blame you. I mean, like, the fact is, I thought Gilmore Girls was stupid. This is this is turning into a Gilmore Girls episode. Which, by the way, I discovered there's a podcast called like the Gilmore Guys. I was like, what? damn it! I almost I was like I was a few months before my time. I was just like, man, I could have created a Gilmore that. Girls podcast where it's just a couple of bros broing out about Rory and Lorelai. But anyway, <laughs> don't dog Lorelai. Actually, actually, this is amazing. This is something we got to do. Yeah. Uh, th this is another episode. Be sure to mark this one down, all you fine Reddit people out there who are finally keeping track of this for us shows that you wouldn't think guys would be into but are into but are like way I, into like <laughs> that's one because there's a couple that i could name like i watched way more sailor moon than i care to admit i did as well see there's a there's a freaking episode right yeah there. i bet there's more it's like but you know what's great though yeah Insert girl show here yeah usagi-chan uh but yeah like uh so anyway getting back to the simpsons um so it was a secret in my house my mom was totally more okay with me watching the simpsons but once my dad got home which was around the time that the simpsons would be on television mm -hmm. i would have to find another way to catch it and uh, done that. eventually i just forced like i was just like i'm not gonna pretend this is too big a part of my life i'm not gonna pretend to not like this show or pretend that it's okay for you to have a fucking problem with it and it was one of the few one of the first beginnings of the times when i actually stood up to my folks you, or at least my dad you, you were being bart in that one there i you was i'm like you know what no this is a sh this is a cultural icon don't have a cow man mark my words and uh and so it became a big part of my life, and such that I actually wound up for forging friendships and relationships based on uh, the secret language of Simpsons quotes. How could you lines. not? That show changed the way people talk, not just in North America, but in the world. Doe, don't have a cow, man. I caramba. Yeah, I mean, just the colloquials alone are... Uh, synonymous with, uh, you know, Americana and the culture. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, every, everything has, a, uh, even uh, Yoink is a Simpsonsism. Uh, it's like it's like Shakespeare in that we got so many different words and ideas and uh, you know cult uh, influences on language from Shakespeare's plays that he just made up. The mm -hmm. Simpsons did the exact same thing to the to modern language. I uh, doodly doodly neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the uh, the fact is. Uh, we both grew up in our own way watching The Simpsons. Uh, mm -hmm. I was there when, you know, Maggie shot Mr. Burns, spoilers, for 20 years ago. Which is a reference to Dallas, everyone, and even older shows. Yep. So just to prove that every idea has already been done even before The Simpsons did it. Also, the first time that uh, The Simpsons did a two-parter was the Who Shot Mr. Burns episode. The only time they ever did a two-parter. Again, I haven't watched the show in forever, but I'm almost certain that was the only time they ever did a two-parter. I literally, and here's the thing, here's, here's where we separate the men from the boys or at least from the simpsons fans to the simpsons fanatics i haven't watched the simpsons in 20 in in 19 seasons 
I, uh, I again, I watched longer than you. I want to say I checked out somewhere around the twentieth season, which in and of itself is still pretty amazing. It's pretty hardcore for me. I'm like, to be like, yeah, watch twenty seasons of a TV show. Simpson season nine. I was like, I think I have to stop watching the show. Um, and I can't remember which episode it was. I remember that uh, the Frank Grimes episode was uh was a big was a big turning point for me because it really because so many people hold that up as a classic that i know a they like it a lot but it for me it, it it's was one of a, my favorites yeah it was uh it was a turning point for me because it, it represented a fundal a fundamental misunderstanding of the homer simpson character that he is a dangerous idiot and if anyone from the real world was ever forced to spend even five <laughs> minutes with him he would go insane right exactly uh we're gonna have to take a pause for a second because i have somebody at my door so uh i will i will entertain the chat yeah hang out i'll be right back <laughs> hey chat it's just you and me it's cape joel on the elseworld exchange how y'all doing i can be lazy too Ooh, what's this say high voltage I'm Homer Simpson. Yep, this is my chance. This is my chance to run the show. Yeah, don't mess it up. This is, might be my only shot. I'm, I'm just reading the chat now, seeing if anyone has anything. <laughs> yeah, Joel, be lazy, man. I can be lazy, too. <laughs> I mean, that is one of the darkest endings in Simpsons history. Like, a man did die, and that's pretty rough. Like, Homer's incompetence and idiocy did lead a man to death. And it's like that kind of... I, I sort of get where Sal is coming from on that, where you can't ever come back from that. I wouldn't say there's much Simpsons versus South Park. I mean, that was just South Park saying it's hard to write a show in that sort of style where you know that they did everything because, you know, Simpsons did it. Simpsons already did it. Yeah, what about Maude? I guess we'll talk about Maude in a bit because there was a shocking death. And, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess when you break it down, Homer was responsible for her death too, wasn't he, Thomas? I mean, he was more indirectly responsible there. But, yeah, I guess he did. Death is always serious, Josh. Sorry about that. My, uh, my, the facilitator of The Simpsons, my mom, just stopped by to say Aww. hi to people in my house. But, uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, but the Frank Grimes episode was a real turning point for me because it was a really weird callback to continuity. Mm -hmm. Where Grimes like references all these other things. There's a lot of great jokes in it too. I live above a bowling alley and below another bowling, bowling. alley. You've uh, got lobsters for dinner. Got lobsters for dinner. Two cars in your garage. Would you like to see my Grammy? Uh, but there's but there's also this fundamental misrepresentation. Grimes almost represents in my world Tiffany because Tiffany huh. hates the Simpsons and really is a bad bad hatred of Homer Simpson. Really? Uh, yeah, she thinks that he's an oafish thoughtless dullard who cares for no one but himself and he like makes he 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 only acts on his own accord and he like cares nothing for the consequences of others and isn't he, that most sitcom dads yeah i'm like i'm like that's peter fucking griffin that's not homer simpson and it's only peter because griffin is even worse because peter griffin has been that longer and has been inconsistent on top of it well that's the thing for me i'm like that's homer simpson now that's homer simpson for the last at least 19 years uh but 
for the first nine years of, of Homer's development, is Homer stupid? Yes. She's not wrong mm -hmm. superficially, but my issue is Homer, it, 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 like Frank, like, like Grimes, it represents like an outsider's perspective on Homer Simpson. It's, it's you, the real world getting in there a little bit, because that's what Frank Grimes, in my mind of how I read right, the He's episode, a real girl, he yeah. He's a real person. I, I actually... He's so real, I thought he was the winner of the Who Shot Mr. Burns contest. <laughs> As it turns out, no one was the winner of the Who Shot Mr. Burns contest. Somebody on the fledgling days of the internet said who won, and all they had to go on it was a dude's username that he never logged back into, and so they just threw it away. Because Amazing. if you're not familiar... Uh, Okay, so they set up this whole silly two-parter episode in which Mr. Burns gets shot at the end of the first episode. Who shot him? And you get a whole seat. You get a whole, uh, you know, it was the season finale, and then the next season started off with part two. Uh, and during that span of time, people had to guess who shot Mr. Burns. And there were clues laden throughout the first episode. Um, no one guessed it was Maggie. Uh, everybody guessed it was Homer. In fact, I think Vegas had a whole bunch of like betting odds about it for a long As time. They always do. My theory was Smithers, and I wasn't alone. Apparently, most people who thought about it thought it was Smithers. As um, Lisa even says, uh, Occam's Razor, the most obvious answer is usually the correct one. And in fact, they they deliberately put in clues to lead us astray and uh they but there was no but the uh the simpsons had a tie-in with like i think it was 1-800-COLLECT oh, uh, or 1-800-CALL-ATT and uh the the deal was you 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 entered the contest by either calling their stupid uh collect call service or whatever but you could win a prize cash uh or a cash prize and you could also win a chance to be animated into an episode of the simpsons and no one won and except for this one dude on the internet who they never found <laughs> and so they just said ah eh, fuck it and just forgot about it and left it alone and nobody really bitched about it no. uh, but uh so yeah where the hell was I going with that? With the yeah, gr Grimes. Oh, so I just assumed that Grimes was the winner of the episode. I just was like, oh, here he is. He's some nerd, right? Who like has a shitty life or whatever, and they need to get rid of him, so they killed him. Because uh, spoilers for that episode, which was only eighteen years ago, probably. But uh, Grimes dies at the end of the episode, which is why I was like, oh, that's so brilliant that they introduce him. They make him like a, a, a whole centralized character. Mm -hmm. They make and it kind of kill him off. they kick it, make it kind of meta where he like critiques the way that the direction Simpsons is going in, and then they kill him off. Because uh, that was the thing for me. It, it, Frank Grimes represents an outsider's perspective of the Simpsons, where he's like, objectively speaking, Homer gets a whole bunch of accolades and rewards for no reason because he's thoughtless and stupid. But if you're on the inside, if you're inside Simpsons' house, and you get to watch these people grow up and and and, and mm -hmm. uh, experience loss and and uh, and challenges and struggles, you learn that Homer Simpson is a dedicated father. Mm. He's who proves it much uh, many a time. He's a reluctant hero. He's a person who is who doesn't want to necessarily do the right thing, but through internal compulsions does it mm -hmm. he might even falter like any hero of a thousand faces from joseph campbell but yeah. he always strives to do the right thing even if he wants to do the wrong thing uh he sets a good example and, in the end and like and like most sitcom dads too by the end he will almost certainly learn a lesson like lisa the vegetarian where he comes to accept her and gives her a piggy ride back home or you know uh in multiple times oh, the episode where they get cable where they hook up illegal cable ah oh, there's another good one too where he willingly cuts it that's a great example right there the cable episode and an early example too exactly uh and it's funny how lisa 
often will challenge Homer to be better. She, uh, she's the conscience. She's the angel on his shoulder. Yeah, for a chunk and, of the and time. by the way, they have no connection. There's no like, of objectively, Lisa is you know, uh, an anti an antagonist for Homer because she challenges him and she makes life harder for him because she doesn't embody any of his values or judgments. It's, it's funny you should say that that they don't have much in common. I've been working under this theory forever now. And it's never panned out in the show, and they've never actually run with it, even though I think they should. You know, Lisa is a prodigy genius. She's a musician and everything. Where does she get that musical talent from? It's clearly not Marge. Meanwhile, Homer, as we can see, has been in several bands over the years. Yeah. Has recorded hit songs, and they never think to say, maybe Lisa gets her musical talent from her father. Yeah, I mean... Well, they, they, they establish in the Lisa Sachs episode, I think it was with uh, Bleeding Gums Murphy, where um, mm -hmm. uh, she inherits stubbiness from her father, and it precludes her from being able to become a great, a great musician, uh, which, of course, is proven wrong. Once again, like it's a show that empowers the disenfranchised because mm -hmm. it tells you that... It, like That's the thing. you know. Objectively, you look at like Homer, Bart, and, uh, and even Lisa to an extent, and you say, you know, these people are not great people, and they don't... You know, they, they get away with what they want, even if yeah, they shouldn't have it. And it's like, no, 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 no. These people, like Bart, for example. Bart is, uh, objectively, a Dennis the Menace miscreant, right? He has yep. a slingshot, yep. uh, he is a tormentor, he is a bully, uh, and he's a thief. Well, the fact is, Bart has his own bullies. Yeah. Bart is constantly beaten on. Uh, Bart has very few friends. His best friend is the Dud Millhouse. Uh, they do from go the back and forth on that. Sometimes Bart's really popular. Sometimes he's not. Sometimes he's the class clown. Well, that's sometimes, like you said, he has his own bullies. That'll change season to season. Well, that's the that's that's the that's the life of the class clown. Is that like it's always highs and lows. Like if you want mm -hmm. success, you have to constantly put yourself out there and debase yourself even more. Like Bart, and sometimes, by the way, Bart does not get away with being the class clown. I remember uh, oh. it's a Treehouse episode, but the one where Bart uh, has says, "Hey, everybody, let's turn our desks around before Mrs. Krabappel shows up." And then he is the only one who does it. No one follows his lead. Sometimes he's the you know he's great and he's he's celebrated, and sometimes he's a loser and no one cares about him. But mm -hmm. uh, be because he has like the love of his family, even if it's like frustrated love, it's it's reluctant love. Like Marge is so dedicated to her son. Oh, yeah. She loves him so much, even though they have nothing in common and they have no common ground to to build a relationship. But because they have this like innate love for each other, there's like there's strength and they both find meaning in that experience. And so Definitely. like The Simpsons is deeper than most people would assume. And oh, yeah. yeah, I think it's worth the amount of accolades and effort that people give it. Like, people talked about... I remember there was a... There's the Doe of Homer, that, that book that they wrote about. I do remember. Robert. I was just about to say that. Yeah, uh, I mean, that literally takes the concepts that are innate within the episodes, which is, of course, just the product of great writing and brilliant writers. Uh, and, you know... Uh, King Liam just misinterpreted what I just said, where he's like, you need common ground to love your son? No, I said that the fact is they don't have common ground, yet they have love for each other, and that's, and that's what's so inspiring. that's a real thing the show does, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's more real. There are a lot of people who don't have, like, actual commonalities with their families that aren't genetic or hereditary, mm -hmm. uh, or, uh, or at least environmentally influenced, but because of their love for each other, they you know, they have some connection there. So it's called <laughs> yeah. unconditional for a reason. Absolutely. It's, I was looking in the chat too, as well. Uh, when I mentioned Homer's been in multiple bands, everyone mentioned the B-Sharps. The B-Sharps. Only, 
Only one person mentioned Sadgasm, which was the Nirvana-style group he was in in later seasons. Now, there's an episode that I would never have seen because I don't watch The Simpsons. And uh, after season nine or around season nine, I was like, I'm out. I have to stop. And uh, it was interesting, that whole rift, the the, the great Simpson rift that I created for myself. Which Uh, I am in one now as well, but it hasn't been nearly as big as your rift. Yeah, uh, but uh, but it was was actually inspired by Futurama. Um, mm, because which is a whole episode in and of itself. Yes, but I'll talk about the beginning of Futurama because it relates to the, to my fandom of The Simpsons. Uh, I remember when Futurama aired. Of course, it was in 1999. Uh, it was uh, right around the millennium. The millennium, and because it, it was all building off of its own, you know, uh, its own origins. You know, because Fry gets frozen on the same year that the episode comes out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but. Uh, I remember why we we set up a Simpsons watching party because me and uh, the friends that I'd formed through Simpsons quotes and our uh, encyclopedic fandom uh, thereof uh, spo- uh, forged. Uh, we had a Simpsons viewing party for the new season of The Simpsons, and we uh, we all sat down and we're all ready there ready to watch it. And The Simpsons comes on, and it was such a lousy episode. Now, I don't remember what the hell episode it was, to be honest with you, but you could look it up if it's just what episode did that did. Whatever at the same uh, yeah. Day. Whatever the first season episode of The Simpsons was when they aired Futurama is the episode where I went, oh shit, The Simpsons is shitty, or at least that episode is shitty. And then Futurama came on immediately after that episode. They were like, okay, and then check out this other thing. And it was fresh and new. It was fresh and new, and I fucking hated it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was weird. I thought it was too niche. I thought it was very specific. I'm like, The Simpsons is has broad appeal. It's about a family. Oh, yeah. you, could, you could do anything. It, you could do a sci-fi episode. You could do a uh, horror episode or a romance episode. Or There's a, there's a reason uh, Simpsons is huge all over the world and Futurama's been canceled multiple times. Exactly, and it's because, like, one is has general appeal and the other one has very very specific niche appeal um but i watched futurama and i i hated it and part of the reason why i hated it was because i loved it so much and <laughs> i knew it would hurt you in the end because this is fox no no, no it wasn't it's even fox. that i wasn't even worried about being canceled i hope it would get canceled immediately i was like this is the first episode there's no way this thing's gonna fly because uh for for me I hated it because it was so good and The Simpsons was so bad and it made me think that the people who worked on The Simpsons who made it good left All and went ship to that Yeah, show. and went and did this this crappy niche Simpsons episode that was stretched out into an entire premise. I'm like, look at low rent Homer Simpson and Fry in this like Treehouse of Horror th- like sci-fi themed episode of The Simpsons. Um, but amazingly, you know, but what what was hilarious was number 1 that was true. Uh, Cohen and uh, Keeler and unfortunately not Schwartzwelder, but like other significant people who worked on The Simpsons left and went and worked the on Futurama yeah. and made a, a fantastic show. Uh, but it wasn't until the show got canceled. I watched two episodes of Futurama when it was on. The first episode and the last episode. Uh, I watched it because I was like, fuck that show. It's over. Yes. And I watched the series, the series finale. Which was the Idle Hands. Ah, the extra long episode. And I fucking cried. Oh, it's a beautiful episode. 
because you it could, was you so could tell good. they made it like they never thought they would do another one. Obviously, they would come back and do it again with the holophoner and the, the the devil, and it was so funny and it was so great. And it's and, a musical episode. Who doesn't love a musical episode? And and of course, The Simpsons pioneered, like at least not well, not pioneered it, but at least defined what a musical cartoon episode should be. It's true. I uh, mean, hey, you love your Adventure Times, you love your Steven Universes. Simpsons did it first. Thanks. I, I'm, I hesitate to say Simpsons did it, but I would say thank The Simpsons for that because there are so many great songs from that from that era. And we'll let you know. Let's talk about songs right after I wrap up this anecdote. I Just, hate every ape I see, <laughs> from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. <laughs> I love. Stop the Planet of the Apes, I Want to Get Off is a fucking amazing idea. Uh, mm -hmm. Every time Dr. Zayas comes up in conversation, Dr. I immediately Zayas, think Dr. of the song. Uh, I also love the animation for that, where uh, Dr. Zayas just standing there. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that so breakdancing ape, because it was the 90s and everything was about like some fads. But uh, anyway, uh, by the way, after seeing that Futurama episode, I was like, oh no, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> Because the Simpsons just kept getting worse and worse and worse, and to my knowledge, and, and I'd ever even seen, and I could have just been enjoying Futurama that entire time, and maybe helping yeah. it not die. Uh, it's true. I, my breakup with Simpsons was a lot less, you know, a lot less messy. Like, my, my breakup with Family Guy was much like yours, what you're describing here, where yeah. it's like, you know, okay, not funny anymore, done with it, I'm out. Yeah. Get, get cashing out my chips, I quit. With Simpsons, it was more like I missed an episode here and there. Then I missed a couple more, yeah. and then I'm like, you know what? I don't need to watch this every Sunday when it's <laughs> new. I'm I'm good now. We, we we agreed we'd see other shows. Me and The Simpsons. Yeah, for for uh, for us here, uh, occasional co-host of uh, on our channel, Ethan had a very similar experience with Futurama, where he was like, those first two seasons are fucking amazing, and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. I um, didn't think that, but hey, teach his own. But, like, he liked it because it was a show. Like, future, like mm -hmm. Family Guy started out kind of like a proto-Simpsons, but with those cutaway gags, he really liked, like, the internal humor. He didn't oh, like... Oh, 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 Family Guy, not Futurama. No, not Futurama. I'm sorry. If I said Futurama, I meant F Family Guy. Okay, um, oh, no, I, I agree with him in that, because there's another show that kept getting canceled and kept getting brought oh, back yeah. in different forms. Yeah, Futurama, that's a whole other episode which by the way like that was a show where i also was like this show's fucking great and then they brought it back and i'm like this show needs to stop those movies i'm like the first one i'm like mm -hmm. okay Avengers big score was all right the rest are incredibly forgettable so not just not just incredibly terrible or forgettable beast of the billion backs almost wrecks the whole ship like almost it sinks the whole does. ship oh with, like, the, with the that's the one with the space god right yeah with the like, any show where it's like and now our characters are going to meet god well, except for the episode where Bender meets God, and that was fantastic. That was an amazing episode, that's right. No, it's more like, the second you make all of your characters throw away their relationships for no reason, yeah, and instead, like, and just let David Cross do what he wants, like, ugh, no thank you. But uh, speaking of God, you know who else met God? Homer. And Homer God met God, and that's a, that's a fantastic episode. That yes. Homer meeting God, and and of course God, like all the the animals come up to him and he pets them, and uh, that was also funny because uh, at the end of the episode he says like, "What do you? What's the meaning of life?" And he's like, "I'll you find out when you die." And he's like, "I can't wait that long." And he goes, "You can't wait six months." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no!" Because I'm like a nerd, and I was like, "That's real." <laughs> That's gonna happen. Yeah. I love to when Bart asked him about God. It's like, hey, you met the big cheese. What was he like? Oh, soft voice, good smell. Yeah, good smell all around in a class act. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's talk about some Simpsons isms, some isms that that are that you, you find prevalent in your favorite episodes. 
that might not necessarily be because of great writing, but just because the people, the environment was a hotbed for genius. For me, I'll, I'll kick it off really quick with just one little thing, and it's the the off-screen joke where, as it turns out, when you watch The Simpsons with commentary, you find out that like there are episodes that are just too short, and they need to they need to pad them. And, and that's why the couch gag is the way it that's is. why you get a cat that's why you get longer and more intricate couch gags and it's where you get uh jokes that repeat themselves like the episode with uh with treehouse of horror when he's talking to the uh the the shopkeeper and he's like take this object but beware it carries a terrible curse and he's that's like bad. but it comes with your but it comes with the free frogut that's good the frogut is also cursed oh that's bad but it comes with your choice of topping that's good. The topping contains potassium benzoate. <laughs> That's bad. Like, requires no additional animation. It's just we're just going to make these jokes uh, because we need to pad the episode. There's one where uh, Bart falls in love with Reverend Lovejoy's daughter, and oh, yes. he uh, and she pins him for stealing the church collection plate. So then he run. He goes, "Uh oh." He goes, uh, "Wait, you know what? You're totally blameless in this. No problem. Don't worry about it. You'll just explain yourself." I and they're like, "Are guilty? Yes, we know." And then he just <laughs> runs. So good. He runs from the window. He jumps out. Then there's this two second pause. Then you hear Homer go, "Stop him! He's, He's headed for the window." <laughs> so funny but it's just because they ran it they were like we we need it to be five seconds longer uh we'll have homer be so stupid that he could be or so unobservant best delayed reaction people were saying too the couch gags got so elaborate in simpsons they let rick and morty take over a couch gag. rick and morty weren't even the first ones to like for the first crossover couch gag where they started throwing at other things but Rick and Morty is easily one of the best in recent memory. It's it's an elaborate short. It's a five minute. It's dance just short a crossover starting. episode. Just let's watch uh, Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon and the people from Rick and Morty show how much they love The Simpsons. And you know what? They're fans like I am because mm-hmm. every reference in that is a reference oh, to the old show. Bobo the bear is in there. Fucking mm-hmm. uh, the crust of the clown evil doll is in there. Uh, just so many little references. The ball of. Uh, Marge's Pearl. necklaces are in there. It's just amazing. Rick's saying, watch out, uh, Morty. You know how many characters there are in this show? Anyone could walk by it. They had moment. George Bush as their as their neighbor. That's a great episode from a long time ago. That is, yeah. Uh, they, Bad neighbors. They even uh, do an episode. They, or they even threw in Futurama jokes into that crossover, by the way. They uh, did. There's like the living Slurm uh, dispensary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, oh, Slurm being in the Rick, Rick and Morty universe. Yes. It's all connected, man. As nerds, we we love that shit. We do. Now I love to know uh, now I'm I'm so excited as a nerd to be like, yes, Futurama exists in the Rick and Morty universe and so does Gravity Fucking Falls. Yeah. Uh by the way, if you're not familiar, go just YouTube or just Google Gravity Falls Rick and Morty. Uh Alex Hirsch and Justin Roiland are buddies yeah. and they tried to create like a crossover character who would appear in both shows. Only Roiland got away with making one and he has yep. he's this froey dude with suspenders. Um, but there's a, one of Rick's portals opens and the things that get sucked through Stan's portal go through Rick's portal. Go through there and you see that. Apparently too, there's also like a third show from one of their buddies as being held hostage by Fox and just never released. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, what are some of your Simpsonsisms that you enjoy? Just some like little references or, or jokes or gags that they do. Here's some stuff that kind of got dropped in later seasons, and I'm sure you'll remember. Lisa was really sad in the first couple more grounded seasons, like clinically depressed in the first couple seasons. Her her brilliance precluded her from happiness. Yeah. Um, 
And that was kind of really deep and interesting for that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they, they handle it with grace and dignity. They didn't just like, they didn't go full sad like Futurama would have, but they also don't like, they don't make her clinically depressed. They're just like, no, this is, I think that's the writers infusing their own experience into Lisa where they're like, yeah. this is what it's like to be really smart and a child. You have no friends, you have no connection with anybody and you're left alone with your thoughts and you're smart enough to know you're alone with your thoughts. So like, yeah. what will that make? It'll just make you lonely. Um, Finn, I, Finn network by the, Oh, Finn network asked who Homer's brother. It's, it's Herb. Herb is his brother. Herb uh, voiced by Danny DeVito. Yes. Sorry, Joel. Go ahead. I was going to say, and one of the best episodes that dealt with Lisa's sadness was the great birthday episode, uh, Stark Raving Dad, wherein uh, Bart gets Michael Jackson to sing her a song. That is unbelievable. And by the way, uh, you know, so many cameos in that show. The but... most cameos of any show on TV. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson um, was one of the few people who, in the beginning of The Simpsons, asked for a pseudonym to be placed uh, as a credit mm-hmm. instead of his own, so you never see his name appear uh, in the credits. Also, also legally, he doesn't sing that song. That's a Michael Jackson impersonator singing, even though Michael Jackson does the uh, does the dialogue for Leon Kumpowski. Yes, uh, he plays the... Uh, yes, uh, Jackson plays the bricklayer from Patterson, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he... They have a licensed... or Like, Michael Jackson's official singing impersonator does the song. Interestingly enough, Michael Jackson came in to hear it liked it so much that he sang the song as well. Wow. And all and it's heavily implied that why that while they were legally not allowed to use the Michael Jackson cut, mm-hmm. they might have just used it anyway because of how good the impersonation was. And who and who could tell? And who could tell? And now they should just tell us because no one's going to sue them. It's true. It really is. But ah, uh, yeah, that was a good episode because it also demonstrates how the Simpsons dem- like uh, express their love for each other. Bart loves his sister, and he does torment her because he's a brother, and that's what brothers do. Mm-hmm. But he's also uh, deeply damaged by the, uh, or affected by the damage that he does to her when he forgets her birthday. It's true. And so, as such, he creates something that she would only really appreciate. You know, something the, uh... musical. The episode two where Bart sells his soul and Lisa buys it back for him. That's pretty great. That's a fucking fantastic episode. Great ending too. probably one of the smartest things they ever say on that. Where it's like, you know, Bart, some religions believe that you aren't born with a soul, that you have to earn one through suffering and prayer, prayer like and everything did. else. And he's like, mm-hmm, well, I'm just going to play a bait player safe. <laughs> yep. I need a soul, Ralph. Any soul. Yours. <laughs> Come on. Hey, you know, Alf is back in pog form. That Every time Alf comes up, people make a joke where he's like, Remember Alf? <laughs> he's back. Even back then, they were making fun of how irrelevant Alf was. Yep. Uh, that's another good one. Uh, and in terms of conversationally ru- like ruined, thanks to The Simpsons, uh, sometimes I will say, Anytime, chum. <laughs> and the animation's perfect because he's like, Yeah. Hey. Amazing. Amazing they perfectly get jokes. That- in there yeah uh but yeah uh so yeah okay um i quit the simpsons uh season nine uh and that's when i feel like it died what were some of your favorite episodes of the simpsons oh man uh, uh one that always comes to my mind uh camp crusty is a really great one <sighs> that's a good one Fun fact about Camp Krusty, that was supposed to be the movie. That was going to be the plot for the Simpsons movie oh. back when they were kicking that around. 
even back then, and you can kind of see how that plot would have been stretched out into the into a movie. Because oh, you yeah. have because you have an actual villain in that episode in Mister Black and the Bullies, which Mister Black, <laughs> Mister Black, my good friend, Mister Black, which you normally don't get in a Simpsons episode. You don't get so like this is the antagonist. Well, that's because the Simpsons was at one point in time really fucking brilliant and clever, where they're like the. The villain is human is, is human nature. Like the mm -hmm. villain is all of us. Homer could be the villain of one episode. Bart could be a villain. Reverend Lovejoy could be a villain. Mr. Burns is the only one who is who crosses that line from everyday villainy to cartoonish super villainy. Super villainy. <laughs> of course, you could also, I guess, count Doctor Colossus as a villain as well. Oh my god! Yeah, there's just a super villain that lives in Springfield. Isn't that amazing? Well, occasionally he lives on Death Mountain, uh, but he was barred from living there. Oh man, all my stuff is there. The uh, Doctor Colossus gag where he's like. He was a rank amateur compared to Dr. Colossus, and he pushes the belt buckle, and he is Colossal Boots. He'll slam so, him into the ceiling, and he goes, oh, when is my lawyer coming? I cried from laughter at that moment. Also, don't forget Malloy the Cat Burglar. There's another guy. Oh, it's you, Malloy. Yes, you can use my ointment, but next time, clean off the applicator. He had sneakers for sneaking. sneaking. That's fucking, what's his name? Uh... Uh, Sam Neill played I know. him. And uh, Meal Mox just reminded me about Hank Scorpio, who has, I think, the best theme song ever. Scorpio. He'll sting you with his dreams of power and wealth, but beware. <laughs> yeah. It's a real Bond theme. It's a perfect Bond theme, yeah. It's just, yeah. He... And what a clever idea where they're like, look, if you worked for a Bond villain, it would probably be really good so long as you weren't involved in like the actual taking over the world thing or you weren't a henchman. Yeah, that's one of my favorite episodes. It's not one of the top five, but it's certainly a favorite. Oh, oh man, the Denver Bronco. You just don't understand football. <laughs> that's so good. And they never explain, well, what did he do with the Denver Broncos? Yeah, what did he do? How did he... Did he sell them back? What? Right? It didn't work out. He doesn't have any money. Clearly um, not. But yeah, so uh, yeah, some of your favorite episodes going on from there. Max Power, there's another classic yeah. one. Homer legally changing his name. <laughs> I, I missed that one. I don't think I. Uh, I don't think I was. Oh really? You that. never saw the name change episode? No, I don't think I. I don't think I lasted that long. Oh, oh, you owe yourself to see Max Power. Yeah, he changes his name. Okay, because there's a there's like a crappy Miami Vice cop show on where there's a detective named Detective Homer Simpson, and he's really great in the pilot episode, but then they turn him into a fat, uh, bumbling dude. I remember that, yes. I remember that episode, shit. Yes, and then he changes his name to Max Power and uh, changes his whole life. Right. I got it off a hairdryer. <laughs> uh, one of my favorites is uh, A House Divided from season eight. Mm. It's uh, Kirk and Loanne Van Houten get divorced. Yeah. Uh, Digni just That made me think that... Kirk Van Houten was hilarious. It made a great, uh, it made a great uh, uh, American Gladiators jokes. Oh yeah! Come on, Lulu, let's roll. <laughs> they would eventually get back together in later seasons. I know. I heard that. Yeah. Uh, Not a fan. It's fine. It doesn't. You know, like it, it. It's less offensive than them retconning how Homer and Marge meet and get married. But uh, whatever, because they do Which that. It's, it, well, it's funny uh, that uh, that Nirvana sadgasm episode I mentioned. Re retcons and refits their origins to now be in the 90s like they just got married and are living together in the 90s even though that's impossible because they met when they met in that other episode it's the first one where it's like wow what a what a sliding time scale for right but Simpsons. all you have to do is just slide the time scale and just change the freaking like machinery around them every decade yep what the hell 
Um, that made uh, that that also popularized uh, "Can I Borrow a Feeling?" and of course, "I Sleep in a Racing." I sleep in a racing car. <laughs> Do you? I sleep in a big bed with my wife. With my wife. And I love it. He's not being vindictive or mean. He's just no. he's just observing. I don't sleep in a bed racing car. I sleep in a big bed with my wife. My favorite bit in that episode is the Cracker Factory guy. My- look, uh, look, you know, crackers are a family food, happy families. Maybe single people eat crackers too. We don't know. We don't. Frankly, we don't, we don't want to know. <laughs> so what? After all this, just thanks, goodbye. I don't remember saying thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like uh, I like the ref- I like that that by the way that deep dive to continuity when uh, we have the great episode where um, it, it's uh, it's the two crusties episode mm-hmm. and uh, only the clown which is a reference to like an old in living color living color joke um, where uh, he goes uh, Homer performs as Krusty the clown for Milhouse's birthday and he says uh, you know oh, are you impressed Bart my dad got Krusty the clown to appear at my birthday party. I'm pretty sure I can get him to come to my house. I don't know, Bart. My dad's a pretty big wheel down at the Cracker, the cracker factory. factory. Or when we actually see inside the Cracker Factory during the Take Your Kid to Work Day, the Cracker Factory it's is amazing. amazing. It's wild and crazy. You want to see how he adds salt? Or what about the crackers that already have the peanut butter in there? Put on a helmet, son, and they slide <laughs> the And they play the 60s Batman theme. It's like, where were they going? Yeah. What were they doing? I don't know. But, uh, fucking good. Um, yeah, we, we mentioned, we more or less mentioned you only, you only move twice, which with Scorpio, that made me laugh a lot. And I, for random reasons, like my, my fledgling sense of humor was, was like just grasping at straws and trying anything. Like, uh, when the Simpsons move away, they forget about grandpa and yep. his pills are inside. Mm-hmm. And when he doesn't have them, he turns into a woman. Because um, of course. But that has two, for whatever reason, by the way, I can't laugh nearly as hard as I used to at Grandpa and all the like Grandpa isms about being old and dead. Um, but you know uh, the Trias of Horror episode where they're like, anytime we could fall asleep, we could die. And he goes, man, welcome my welcome to my world. <laughs> That's fucking funny. The episode in which uh, they leave, you only move twice, where he's like. You, you you have my pills I'm cold and there are wolves, <laughs> after, wolves me. after me and then they play a wolf howl like yes there are wolves after him it's <laughs> not enough that it's up. it's not enough that it's funny because his, his pills are inside and he can't get them but he's also cold and then he like is also clearly uh, a, a doddering old man who thinks there's wolves after him then there are wolves after him it just hits you it's just this four punch assault <laughs> of humor <laughs> You gotta think too in the chats bringing up. Grandpa's had his own moments too. Remember how he was like basically the howling commandos in World War. Oh, II? the the fighting or the 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 fish flying hellfish. The flying hellfish, uh, so good. Um, and of course that's another one where Mr. Burns is a out and out villain. Mm-hmm. Um, straight up anti. He tries to murder Bart. In that he tries episode. to murder Bart. Oh, God, like straight up murder. Yeah, I remember the one where they were the the uh, the, the Greyhounds and uh, he sings that amazing "See My Vest" song. And then, uh, and then he's gonna kill. (laughs) He's gonna kill Bart and Lisa. (laughs) He's like, I'm gonna like. Oh crap! He he says, uh, "Here's a phone." Look look at you standing, standing and walking like a couple of Rory Calhouns. Let's make references because the kids love Rory Calhoun jokes. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, 
all of Burns references are in that, like in the baseball episode, which is another classic filled with celebrities when he tries to get a team together. It's like, well, but Mr. Burns, your right fielder's been dead for over 100 Exactly. <laughs> you, Strawberry, hit home run. That may, that whole episode makes me laugh until I cry. So good. Scour all the leagues, Smith. There's the National League, the Negro League. <laughs> like, what are you doing? The, uh, the, the one moment for Mr. Burns that will make me laugh until the day I die is... Uh, when Mr. Burns is, uh, it's Mr. Burns Casino, and he's touring the docks with Mayor oh, Quimby. And he says, "No, nah, I remember my carefree days as a boy during these do- I get these docks, and uh, it's him as a child, and it's like you know, 1905, and mm-hmm. he's operating the the bumper cars, and he hits the, he hits what is clearly an Irish descendant of Homer Simpson, oh, and I know. <laughs> he goes and he hits him. Ah, why, Master Burns, carry on, and then he just <laughs> keeps hitting him. Ah, oh, my legs, who provide for me, little ones? And he laughs for like three days. <laughs> That is pretty good. What were you thinking about? No, Smithers, what was I laughing at now? Oh, yes, that crippled Irishman. Because he ends the story. He tells you what happens to him. Or, or when he's uh, talking about the unions too, where uh, where they're bringing that guy out. There's like, ah, oh, atoms. I knew it. It's like one day the workers will have a union, but then we'll get too big and corrupt. And the Chinese will eat us, or no, the Japanese will eat us alive. The Japanese. The Japanese. That'll never happen. Exactly. <laughs> and Burns going, I'll avenge my father. <laughs> uh, crap. The Monorail is a great oh, episode. Oh, another amazing song. Monorail. Yeah. Mono. What about us, <laughs> what about us dead slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. <laughs> the ring came off by pudding can. <laughs> Try my pin knife, my good man. <laughs> That's gold. If you've never watched, uh, Conan O'Brien wrote that episode, and he also sings it at some Simpsons celebration. It's kind of fun. That's great. Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's how long Simpsons has been on, everyone. There's a whole generation of people who only know Conan as a talk show host. He wrote some of your favorite episodes of The Simpsons. He actually quit and had to pay a heavy fine to do his own talk show. That was a big deal. They had to buy him out of his contract. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, they were really pissed at him for a while. Now they suck his dick every chance they get. Oh, of course. And why wouldn't you? And when wouldn't you? It's Conan O'Brien. You need a stepladder, but it's still pretty great uh, <laughs> similarly uh homer the great which is the stone cutters episode which is another amazing song oh, i love homer God. the great who controls one of my the british that also the metric system down uh who keeps the martians under wraps the other thing that's great is uh with that episode is um you get some great uh, homer or mr burns at jokes but you also get um Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart being funny before that was a thing. Before, before he American played his Dad yeah. Before rap. he played his own character on American Dad. Now let's that all is, get drunk and play ping pong. That is so good. Uh, uh, what is it? Take off the rock of shame. Yes. Attach, attach the, rock. the stone of triumph. <laughs> you could tell he had a blast doing that. He's just cutting loose, being really fucking funny. We are now the order of no homers. No, we can have one. We could have one. <laughs> but you let Homer Glumpet join. <laughs> it's been happening all my life. Oh, uh, so good. Oh, I mean, Sideshow Bob. We got to talk about okay, that. Okay, Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob jumped the shark. He was fucking brilliant. I remember every time Sideshow Bob showed up, I'm like, we're in for an amazing episode. Until Brother from Another Series. Which uh, which one was that again? That was the one where Niles plays his brother. Oh, oh, really? You think that was the shark? I thought that, I thought that was kind of awful. And then they were like, and then they killed him. And then it turns out they don't, they didn't kill him because they. No, no, they kept going with that. They kept going with him. I'm like, oh, because he was too good to get rid. I'll tell you. Here's an episode you didn't see, and you can tell me if this is a good idea or not. Okay. So eventually, in one of the later seasons, someone tries to kill Homer Simpson. You know, his brakes are getting cut. He's getting threatening letters. 
And he doesn't know what to do, and obviously Wiggum can't help him because Wiggum's an idiot. Yep. And Wiggum says, okay, well, the only way to understand a killer is to get into the mind of him. So, so we'll it's like get, Silence of the Lambs now? And- it's, it's just like that. So we'll get Sideshow Bob out of jail. And it's funny, they have him like in octopus restraints. He's hanging upside down, and his hair are all in their own restraints. Right, okay. And he says, we'll get him out. We'll put like a shock collar on him, and he'll follow you around, Homer, and try and help find the guy who's trying to kill you. And we find out at the end of that episode that the guy who was trying to kill him was actually Frank Grimes Jr. Oh. And Sideshow Bob has to help protect Homer and tries to help, you know, save him. But then at the end, he tries to kill Bart anyway, because of course he does. Naturally. That's cool. I mean, like, just leave Frank Grimes alone. I can't remember. Did they kill his son at the end of that episode, or did they send him to jail? I can't remember what they did. But yeah, I would assume was... they didn't kill him just because they want to keep using those ideas. Um, I don't think he ever came back ever again. I will say, uh, apropos Sideshow Bob, the uh, the Cape Fear episode is the best Sideshow Bob episode. Mm-hmm. Also has Breaks. a great song in it. Um, if you ever watch that, that's a, it's a great episode because uh, there's a moment where uh, Sideshow Bob um, steps on a rake. Over and over. For about (laughs) two minutes. (laughs) Uh, So... When when you're watching the audio commentary, Kelsey Grammer expl- or no, it's in an interview. Kelsey Grammer talks about that, that 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 recording. He goes, when it's in the script, it says Sideshow Bob steps on Rake, mutters to himself. <laughs> that's it. So then, that's another example of how they were like, let's let's take this joke and push it a little more. So he just, so they just reused his like is, seven times, which is funny because in the Poochie episode when Homer meets the woman who did Road Runner, it's like, hey, did they uh, pay you for each meep meep? Now they paid me for, for one meep. meep and then played it exactly. Uh, I love that though. He hits that. He hits those rakes and then lay, and then they call back to it for no reason. He gets on the boat and there's another rake. Uh, in the <laughs> comments, sings the HMS Pintafor, which is amazing. Um, I like how it, it, it escalates where it starts with him singing, right? And he's just singing on the bow of the boat. Then when we cut to a later part of the song, they're he's using, costumes well, they're props. using parts from the boat. It's like kind of in the realm of possibility where they're just getting more intricate. And then finally he's wearing a full uniform and the flag drops. Like it's just, it just completely jumps uh, like past any point of reasonability. But by that point, you don't care where they've got you. Make them away, toys. <laughs> it's a good thing this boat floated by this, this brothel. brothel. <laughs> um, yeah, God. I like uh, I like the episode where Apu becomes a citizen. Oh, that's a fun one. And very, very, like, uh, very true and even strikes a chord today, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why do, why, who needs the loving embrace of my, of my Indian god when I god have Ganesh. Tom, of when I can have Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman stare at me with their dead eyes. Cold dead eyes. Um, oh, the 127 episode Spectacular is great because oh, it finally awesome. gives you insight into the show. Uh, in a, even the, even the, like, clip show episodes of Simpsons okay. are great. They, they know how to, and they're self-referential and they, they wind up like use, reusing animation deliberately to make jokes. Um, what's that? The twenty-seven uh, short films about Springfield, which is totally Pulp Fiction. I think that's amazing pulp as a fiction. Pulp Fiction fan. That's that's a that's an episode that is burned into my brain forever. I could do the Super, Inten- the Super Nintendo Chalmers <laughs> uh, scene, bl- like you know, with anybody. If you know the if you know the scene, steamed hams. I'm from Utica. Yes, and you call them steamed hams despite the fact they are obviously grilled. Um, that scene and the, uh, do they have partially gelatinated non-dairy gum-based beverages? 
Mm-hmm. They yeah, they call shakes. shakes. <laughs> shakes. Pfft. I don't know what you're getting. Well, I know what I'm getting. Some donuts! <laughs> fun, fun fact about Lou the Cop, uh, when people asked Hank Azaria, who does his voice, do you know, how do you come up with them? And he's like, all my voices are just bad impressions, and for Lou the Cop, it's just me doing a lazy Stallone is all it is. That's great. And I've never been able to hear that character the same way ever again after he said that. Yeah, that's really funny. He's just doing a lazy Stallone. All of his best characters are just terrible impressions of other people. <laughs> I could buy that. Uh, so, fun, favorite episodes of yours, and then we can and then we can wrap up and and then put this in the pile of episodes that need sequels that we'll never do. Totally. Uh, I mentioned Poochie. I mean, talk about a character that changed everything. Every time now a show jumps the shark or it's a tries Poochie. to introduce a character, it's a Poochie. And they make a reference to, I must go now, my planet needs me. That's a fucking Simpsons reference. So good, so good. You can use that in so many situations. And they do. People use it now on, like, their own... When they do... When they when history repeats itself and they legitimately do Poochie things, they will use the Poochie excuse and probably not even know that it's a goddamn Simpsons joke. Yep, it came first. Before Poochie, it was a Cousin Oliver, but now it's a Poochie. Yeah, Cousin Oliver. Freaking um, Cousin Oliver, yeah. man. So Poochie's great. What else you sure got? Sure is. What, what else you got, man? Oh, what else do I got? There's, <laughs> I got, I mean, there's just, there's so freaking many. I mean, you know, so many great Mo-centric episodes, too. I mean, You know what's funny? So much with him. For me, I'm like, when we go home with Mo, you end the show. <laughs> like, when, when I know what Mo's house looks like, it's time to stop watching The Simpsons. It's a uh, crappy apartment. I don't want to see Moe's house. I don't want to see Moe after coitus. I don't want to see Moe, like, talk to his parents, like, or meet his parents. Like, I, Mo I don't is think the, we've ever done that. I'm just saying, like, Moe is the bartender. How do you not love the Flaming Moe episode? Though? Flaming Moe is good. That one shot is fine, but it's also kind of like, I don't know if it's even in continuity. Like... Uh, but, uh, <clears throat> no, that's true. He does oh, have a girlfriend. Uncle Mo's family feedback. Uncle Mo's <laughs> family feedback is goddamn brilliant. Uh, Here I am, Uncle Mo, while you eat. <laughs> oh, your teeth hurt. Your teeth hurt. That's too freaking bad. And I can tell you where you can put your freaking sodi too. Ow, my freaking ears. <laughs> I expect this I expect this kind of language at Denny's, but at this. Denny's. That's a reference, by the way, to real events. Apparently that happened at a Denny's. Like, it was just... Some somebody had an outbreak who worked there who just really? an outburst of like vulgarity and they were like Denny's America's Diner is full of vulgar people and I'm like that's amazing like they make references they make casual references to cultural phenomenon that are so insignificant they become Simpsons references in today's in today's context. Oh, uh, City of New York versus Homer Simpson. It's a good that one. one. <clears throat> that one's amazing because you know you got the like, crab kalash. Crab kalash. Ugh, I'll take the I'll take the crab juice. <laughs> I'll take the crab juice, not Mountain Dew. Yeah. Also, too, as someone who's going to be taking my first trip to New York, hopefully pretty soon in the next couple months, there. Yeah. That episode will be running through my head nonstop. You'll be chased by a pimp. <laughs> yeah, really. Bebe, a seagull will steal my pizza. Um. Yeah. Uh. That's a good episode. It's kind of like what it's like to go to New York if you live in Jersey or stuff like that. <laughs> Lousy Bart and his money. <laughs> also, also a whole thing built around the Twin Towers that aren't there anymore. Yeah, he has got to go to the bathroom. Uh, dude, don't, don't listen to that jerk in Tower 1. That's where they put all the jerks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, what's it called? That's a good episode. That's also in the, uh, in the season that killed the Simpsons for me. Really? I was like, oh, this is okay. And then there'd be another one where, where like, Bart and Lisa go to boot camp, and I'm like, fuck this show! <laughs> oh, 
Oh, really? Really? You didn't like the boot camp no? episode? I, I always thought that was a strong finale. What's, uh, what, what's, what's your beef with the boot camp episode? I just didn't think it was funny. I was just like, this is weird. Hmm. I just thought it was stilted and lifeless. Uh, also, since, speaking of that, uh, during the first eight during the first eight seasons of the show, The Simpsons took uh, tried to do uh, different things with animation where they're like, they would shoot it like a show or a movie where you'd see different shots and they'd mostly be aping off of movies, but they'd be, yeah. they'd be replicating them. It, it's not just like, we're doing the same shot from Psycho. They'd animate that shit. And it's, so it's, it's, an a, it's effort. Even if it is a ripoff, it's still, it's, it's, it's still transformative. Um, but that said, uh, The Simpsons has, made, has done a hard shift uh, some time ago where everybody got yellower and the yes. and, and the shot list became a lot simpler it felt like a like a one camera sitcom now funny fact about the yellow i'm sure i've mentioned this elsewhere why the simpsons are yellow yeah it's to uh, it's to entice uh, people uh, flipping channels yeah people like yellow <laughs> you go oh what's yeah, that pe people on youtube like yellow why do you think we all use yellow for our yellow's it everywhere exactly um yeah why do you think all, you see all the yellow arrows everywhere with circles around things that aren't actually in the picture. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, it's such a great. It was. It was such a great show. And even though I haven't watched it for a long time, uh, it is still a big part of who I am. It is uh, a huge part of me and my friendships with people. I was actually thinking about bringing in a, an old friend of mine from high school who I who, with whom I am very close and talk with every day, uh, who is. For whom The Simpsons means about as much, but oh, nice. has had a similar experience where she's like, "This is not the show that I love. I have to stop watching." Um, but yeah, it, it, it's but uh, but I was like, ah, "I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother her." <laughs> be like, "Hey, come do this internet thing." Right yeah, now. hey, she watches the show. She'd just be like, "I don't know if I want them." I, I, and you know what? Like every time I bring a woman that I care about on this onto the internet, there's always some fucking asshole. <laughs> So that's why I don't talk about my own girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> I mentioned this before. Or bring her on the channel. Yeah. Stream the other night. I'm like, there's a reason I don't mention her. No, or bring her on because people will be like, hey, here's all my hate that I have for myself and my penis and my parents that I'm direct. just going to direct at your girlfriend or your Yikes. loved one. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. The, the chat had another great one, too. I mean, what countries haven't The Simpsons gone to right. in the past? So that they've been everywhere. My my favorite one is still Australia. Mr. Simpson disparaging the boot is a bootable effect. <laughs> That's another use of, of uh, Phil Hartman where it's like, ah, fuck it, just get Phil to come in and do it. To, to think that man did some of the best work of his career on that show then sadly passed away. Yeah, he was going to be Zap Branding and he was the idea behind it. I, actually, no, he wasn't. He didn't pass away. He was murdered. He was murdered by his stupid wife. But like, yeah. yeah. No, he was. Uh, he was supposed to be Zap Brannigan, and they were. And so Billy West just does a Zap Brannigan impression. Yeah, or and he I just mean, does really, a uh, Troy McClure impression. And really, too, for a show that's been on for as long as it has, they've had very few high-profile deaths. Obviously, Hartman was the highest-profile yeah. one. Then the lady who did Edna Krabappel not long yeah. after. Was that? Uh, was that Kavner? Yes. Uh, yeah. That sucks losing losing Krabappel. I it's funny. Uh, I loved it was a it was a, the Tamzarian episode. I didn't like the episode. But a lot I, of a uh, lot of Simpsons writers claim that's the moment the show jumped the shark for them. For me, I was like, I saw I was watching the Simpsons at that point, and I was like, this is not good. But the the Tamzarian episode sucks. But I love Tamzarian saying, "Well, what do you think, Mrs. Crabapple?" <laughs> Like, I'm like, wait a minute! Are you fucking for real? It's been spelled crab apple the whole damn time. 
Like, that blew my mind! It's pretty good. It, but you know what? You know why it blew my mind? Because it, and uh, why it was indicative... Wallace was Krabappel, the chat. Thank you, correct. Marcia Wallace. She was so good. Uh, but, like, the uh, what, what blew my mind about it was, you know, number one, I never noticed it, but, like, it's just... It was... It was uh, indicative of the the subtlety that the Simpsons was capable of and having Tim Zarian say crab apple while it was a really funny joke in its own context is indicative of its shift from the subtle to the obvious mm. where it's like, let's make the obvious joke or let's make a joke about like the most obvious thing. Um, yeah. If you guys ever want to like experience what it's like or, or, or watch an episode that kind of makes fun of the superhero genre. Watch the Radioactive Band episode. Amazing. Ma making fun of superhero movies back in a day before they took over the world. That's pretty great. Yes. I'm you, people are going to want to see the original Radioactive Man. I keep telling you, he's 84 and he's dead. Oh, and the, the Scoutmaster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't be don't afraid use, to use, use your nails, nails girls. girls. Played by Paul Lynn. Yeah. And, uh... uh and, and Fallout Boy, which is where a band came from. Get its name from. The goggles, they do nothing. They do nothing. That's an Arnold joke. By the <laughs> so good. So Jiminy Jillikers. I've said Jiminy Jillikers so many times, it's lost all meaning. I can't Andy hear you, Rooney son. in a funny bit. Yeah. Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney, yeah. Andy Rooney's the 20 minutes Exactly. Guy. Yeah. Andy Rooney's the 60 minutes guy. 60 20 minutes. In Canada, it's 20 minutes. We only get 20 of That's the, the exchange minutes. rate. <laughs> you lose 40 minutes when you cross over. You lose over. 40 minutes every time. It sucks, but it happens. And, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the chat saying, too, how have we not talked about Comic Book Guy yet? Comic Book let, Let's wrap it up with Comic Book Guy because you better. Comic Book Guy is another character that, like, I don't want to see Comic Book Guy get a girlfriend. I don't want to see Comic Book Girl Guy go home or Comic Book Guy go home. I almost said Comic Book Girl 19. <laughs> I don't want to see Comic Girl 19. Because if I'm referring to, if I'm using uh, comic book as a noun, as a, as a proper noun, I'm obviously talking about Danica. I should just not, but like... Uh, who, who, who in their right mind would use comic in their name? In their I name? Like? I don't know. But uh, yeah, bunch comic book... jerks, I tell you. <laughs> but comic book guy is so fucking funny. Um, He's so true to life for a certain subsect of nerds. Like, we all know a comic book guy in our lives. You need to like not... You need to watch out for Comic Book Guy. Like he is a cautionary tale. Uh, he is a he is a warning to all of us. About and yet, I think we can... all have a little Comic Book Guy in us. Sometimes worst ending ever. That's also blank blank ever is Comic Book Guy. I, I can assure you, I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the web. <laughs> That was later for me, but yeah. Yes, yes, this should be adequate sustenance for the Doctor Who marathon. Oh, no, that, that wasn't as late as you think. <clears throat> no, it wasn't, but still, yeah. The, the, the internet joke. He was one of the first guys to really hop on the internet. He was. It was him and Homer's uh, college friends in that amazing episode, also written by Conan O'Brien. Mm -hmm. we're, we're on a message board talking about Star Trek. Yeah, these guys try to say that Captain Picard is better than Captain Kirk. Yeah, they're out of their minds. What should I plug back in? The Rock Tumblr or the TV? The TV! The TV! <laughs> oh, wow, they'll never let us show that again. Wow! That's also, by the way, indicative of the times. It's like, yeah, there were things where you'd miss it. 
you just you you it would be on TV and then it was gone forever and you just had to take people's word for it. You, you youngins don't know how good you have it now, never missing anything. Yeah. Also, the chat saying too. Apparently, combo guy did get married. Yeah, was it? Really? Did he did he marry Skinner's mom or did he marry somebody else? Because now he was dating Skinner's mom for a while. Seymour, the house is on fire. <laughs> that was that. That was one episode where he dated Skinner's mom because they both hated the same thing. That's right. Uh, I um. Tress McNeil, who played every woman on The Simpsons that wasn't a main character, and also every woman on Futurama who wasn't Leela or Amy, um, was gonna be at uh, Kineticon this year, which is part of the reason why I went, and then cancelled two days later, two days before. So, damn it. It was just like, huh. oh, I was gonna meet Trey Mc Tress McNeil! She played Dot and every woman on Futurama! And she's she's Lunch Lady Doris! And Edmund and Cabra and, and, and uh, Skinner's mom! And uh, and just gone. Just didn't show up. I'm no. like, no! Why am I here? That's but, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... It's interesting, too, when you look at the Simpsons cast, you know, the work they've done outside of the Simpsons. In many cases, they don't have to do any work out of it. I mean, what does Dan Castellaneta do? He was the genie in that short-lived uh, Aladdin TV series. <laughs> yeah, he got, he got recorded over when uh, in uh, Aladdin 3 when they got uh, Robin Williams to come back. He played the robot devil in Futurama. That's right, he did do that, and he's great at Oh, what an appallingly ironic outcome! It's not ironic, it's just coincidental. <laughs> so good. But, uh, yes, yeah, Super Nintendo Chalmers also dated Skinner's mom. Skinner's mom got around a lot. She did. Uh, but, yeah, comic book guy was, like, every comic book store owner until they decided, like, oh, people actually come to these places and we need to start cleaning them. Yeah. Comic book guy. Watch out for comic book guy. Don't become a comic book guy. It's true. Oh, man, as a person of Scottish descent, how have I not talked about Willie <laughs> Guabardine? Bonjour, you cheese-eating surrender monkeys. So good, so good. There's a, there's a later episode where Willie actually came and lived with the Simpsons for a bit, where they actually make a joke about all the people who came and lived with them for a bit, saying, you, you, you gotta give us a picture for the wall, Willie. <laughs> and, they, and they were doing, like, like Apu and Yep, and it, Otto in a very early yes, episode. Yes, Otto. Yeah. They were doing they were doing like a Taming of the Shrew parody, but with Willie, where the kid's like, no, I bet we could turn him into a respectable gentleman. And he has like a song moment where he's like, you know, you know, d doing that thing that every woman does in a musical, you know, what I want out of life, what I want. Right. But Willie's thing is like very, very low and very non-committal, where it's like, I just want to play somewhere. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, maybe shoes that don't have holes in it, untainted meats. <laughs> wouldn't that be adequate? Yeah, it's wouldn't not wouldn't it be great? It's wouldn't, wouldn't it, it be, be adequate? adequate. <laughs> That's awesome. I like it's Willie. Pretty funny. I Willie's always funny. I always liked Willie. You used me, Skinner. You used me. There's no such thing as Scotchtoberfest. <laughs> oh God. Save me from the wee turtles. Oh, or the uh, the Sherry Bobbins thing, where it's like, I we were supposed to be married in the old country. Yeah. Suddenly, the ugliest man in Glasgow wasn't, wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to see you, Will. Yeah, it's not what you said the first time you saw me. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry Bobbins, that was another one that rubbed me the wrong way because they killed her at the end. I'm like, no. <laughs> Didn't they, like, suck her into a jet engine? Yeah. <laughs> she died the way they die in The Incredibles. Exactly. No capes. Or umbrellas, apparently. 
Mm-mm. But uh, anyway, I think we have to wrap up this episode of The Simpsons uh, on Elseworlds Exchange. Keep going forever. We could just keep quoting stuff. Exactly. That's the thing. That's how you know you've made a friend is when you've like you can just toss out references and they just throw them right back to you. Elsie. But uh, thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Elseworlds Exchange. And hey, if you want to hang out with us more, or you want to find more stuff, uh, make sure to number one subscribe to Cape Joel and number two uh, visit mm-hmm. us on the Reddit. We've got a subreddit over on reddit.com/r/comicpop where you can share your own ideas for Elseworlds exchange it's certainly Please where we've do. gotten this episode from uh but stop on by uh our subreddit and and if you want to suggest a topic for elseworlds exchange there's a mega thread going on in there right now where you can always uh submit an idea or just you know make a thread or comment or you know yeah. hang out and everything that you need to find is right there on the right hand side of the screen um, but uh, what's happening on cape joel that everybody can find this week that's happening man uh well if you head on over to the channel right now of course you can find the newest episode of the comic multiverse matt and i discussed the Rogue One trailer. We talked about what we read this week. It's a good time. Uh, also, too, later today, I, of course, will be getting my review of Batman number five out and, you know, just starting the ball rolling on all the comics that came out this week. So be sure to check that out. And also, check Sal and I out on the pool tomorrow. Yep. That's going to be a thing. Probably. Okay, probably. So <laughs> check us out there, probably. Yeah, I assume. I mean, if that's up alive, to Benny, man. Be <laughs> I think he'll be back. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, over here on Comic Pop, check us out tonight at 8 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time when we release our episode of Back Issues, uh, where we're going to be doing our longest episode yet, Planet Hulk. So uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks a lot for watching. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and if you're listening to this episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or any other place where podcasts are auditorily available. So uh, we'll Best s- Elseworlds Exchange ever. <laughs> Best episode ever. Thanks a lot for watching, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.